0: Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisandi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences. That will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Confidential. Thank you so much for joining us again. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Kaife Aldem, who is joining me, and we are going to talk about. Uh, What to me is a very important topic that uh, doesn't get as much attention as it should, and that is being kind to men, especially from the perspective of a woman. I mean, all humans should be kind to other people, but uh, especially women during and after divorce. Uh, For me in particular, I've noticed that... um, there seems to be a certain kind of bias and women have the upper hand in this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Kaife. if that's because I know you're in the UK, I'm in Canada, we're part of the Commonwealth, sort of the same kind of thing. But I wonder if this is a worldwide thing where women have this upper hand that they can leverage when it comes mm-hmm. to separation, divorce and things of that nature in that facet of life. I think that in, um, I mean, for
1: us in the UK and for me personally, when myself and my husband, uh, ex-husband separated, we didn't have a lot of, you know, assets or like property or anything that we needed dividing or splitting up. So other than a couple of debts that we kind of came to an agreement about, we just agreed on what we were going to sort of do. Um and I didn't really look into anything to do with what um, I'd be entitled to as a woman. I know that for men, a lot of the worry can be that women are going to sort of financially ruin them or sort of take them through the cleaners in that way. Um, So we didn't have any of those um, issues because we didn't really have anything even, you know, through the marriage, we kind of got to a stable place where, you know, we were able to pay our bills and didn't really have much debt. Um, Right. So we just were able to sort of walk away and say, you know, you have this side, um, maybe like TV or whatever. And, you know, you kind of left me with most of the stuff in the house because I had the children here. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's a lot of bitterness and a lot of, um, from the men's perspective, like I say, them having that view that women are just out to take what they can when they separate. But if you're the main care of the children, I feel like you have got that entitlement if you're going to be keeping the children
0: mm-hmm.
1: and being the main carer. I feel like it's right that no matter the circumstances of why you split up, that you should financially maybe, I wouldn't say bear the load, but I feel like you have to contribute more if you're not there in person. If you're not the main carer, because the main carer has oh, so much more responsibility. That's yeah. That's,
0: that's interesting. So I, I never looked at it like that. Although I'm so glad that you mentioned the take them to the cleaners, because I've heard those words being said to me mm. when my ex-husband and I split up, and I remember very bitter, disgruntled women that I had known or like during that time we're going themselves through divorce or had gone through divorce and i think that everybody brings at least those women did they brought their own perspective vis-a-vis what had happened to them so if let's say there's a woman who felt betrayed because her husband cheated on her with let's say her friend or her sister and then of course she's got such hate on that she would say you will pay through any means possible and because men traditionally have been uh providers and that's their that's their area right like the business world belongs to men and so uh, traditionally anyways at least um where you hit a man most you hit them in the wallet and you disable them from being able to even recuperate or be able to move on and build a new life for themselves so these women would bring that kind of advice vis-a-vis their own unique circumstances. Mm. I didn't have that kind of hate on for my ex-husband, even at the time when I was angry and it was at the height of what we were going through. I still did not feel like, Oh my God, I want to go and bury him. I want to go and strip him of his ability to provide for himself in old age. And I'm going to take away his pension And I'm going to make it so difficult for him right now. And I'm going to be so demanding of as much money as I can. I will leverage every single possible avenue to get as much money as I can. Because I don't want him to be able to go and have a drink with his friends to be able to relax and unwind. I'm going to take every resource I can so that he's not going to be able to do anything for himself. I couldn't bring myself to do that. But those were the sentiments that I got from a lot of women. So I'm glad that you brought up the financial Mm -hmm. aspect because... I think I would love for, for the audience to kind of think through the possible consequences because oftentimes, and I see this over and over and over and over, and I have a personal friend right now, male friend who is going through this whole process, his wife, because she's technically still his wife, Mm -hmm. uh, is they're not divorced. They're not like, they're not at that stage yet. She is not even, I think she and this goes into like manifesting a whole slew of bad things once you're in that state of mind that negativity so she was um let go of, from by her employer and at a time when the marriage is falling apart um they are unable to they are unable to even see eye to eye mm-hmm. much less do anything else and he would now be financially responsible for her. So mm-hmm. imagine now when you have a couple where he is responsible for his own, of course, because you know he does have to be able to sustain himself. but now he's also responsible for her um expenses put it in the midst her of their,
1: in the midst of them divorcing correct Wow
0: so the the compassionate side of me would look at it as holy shit I can't see myself being able to put a man in the position like I would just feel horrible about myself like I would not be able to live with myself and the amount of karma for me at least through the eyes that I look at it through the amount of karma that I would accumulate to try to be able to take this man's ability like the stress because it's so counterintuitive because if you think about it if I was to let's say And with a man, and I'm going to stress him to the point, financially especially, like, you know, I need money, pay for my expenses, pay for me putting a roof over over my head, food on the table for me so that I can live. But I'm going to stress the shit out of you, and you are now going to be so stressed that eventually you're going to break down. You're not going to be able to work, and you're not going to be able to make money to provide for me. So I am, in essence, shooting myself in my own foot, knowingly. However, most people do not have the foresight or the depth to be able mm. to see that once you get started on this path, the outcome is not going to be positive for you.
1: Because the, they're thinking about their own desperation and their own That's need. comes right. from that place of lack, doesn't it? That place of, I'm so desperate to make sure that I'm okay, that actually me causing this person to be destroyed That's right. is just kind of um, collateral damage, isn't it? It's just it's just part of the process so that I can get to mm-hmm. where I need to be. but. Mm-hmm. It is undoing any chance of you having what you need, because if the other person is destroyed, they're not going to be able to provide anything at all. No stability, no... That's right. Yeah, no support at all. My thing with that, definitely, and my concern with stressing men out in the midst of divorce is, or even the midst of a breakup, or when you're not getting along, It is that element of them not being able to provide, them not being able to be a role model for their children. If we've got children together, how could I purposely and intentionally cause you harm so that you can't be the full, whole human that you need to be, the man you need to be for your children? That's right. What use is that to me? That the the person that my children are going to admire most as a man who they're going to look up to and want to be like and learn you know what being a man is why would I want him to be on the floor what use would that be to my children what use would that be
0: to me um and I think in that sense you're also gonna you stressing out obviously the individual that should be a like you said role model a model to the children somebody who's gonna have to guide them in life To equip them with what they need to be able to be successful, to be able to thrive, to be able to Mm -hmm. have an optimal life. If you're going to disable the very person that can give them that, that they have the connection. I mean, of course, our children are not going to connect to strangers in the way that they are connected to their own fathers. So clearly, if you're going to disable the individual that would be the closest to them that could guide them, there is already the trust and the bond that's established. You are thereby taking away the opportunity for your children to thrive in the future so how do you feel as a woman and as a mother and Mm. as a wife and as a human being Mm. I'm not trying to bash because god knows I'm a woman too and I went (laughs) through this thing and I had my angry moments and I was a real bitch to my ex-husband and I did some shitty stuff however the person that I am today and if I could come face to face and sit down with my younger self when I was going through that, these are the words of advice I would give myself. And I desperately wish that I had somebody that would sit me down to say, you know what, if you want a good outcome for yourself, your best approach would be to actually support and empower the man that you are and do it in a civil way. Come to the table, putting aside your ego and your anger and your outbursts and your temper tantrums and do it for the beneficial outcome of all parties involved especially because there are children in the middle who desperately need because the world is a shitty place sometimes yeah yes. these kids need to be equipped with anything and everything mm. from the very people that have created them that love them the most so yeah. you want those people to be as intact as possible now yeah. if you take somebody and this happens often i mean maybe more so in men than women. I don't know. I haven't studied the, I haven't looked at the the uh, statistics, but if you're going to have a man that's going to turn to a bottle or a substance to, to deal or to cope with the stress. Yeah. And, and then what kind of a role model can this man that turned to a bottle or a substance be for your children? He's going to teach them, Hey man, when there's hard times, do it's not deal with cope. it head on. Just go and get, pick up drugs, you know, pick up a bottle of something and, and that thing will take away the pain. It'll numb you and you'll be able to ride the wave of hardship.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we
0: have to empower women to look at this through a lens that's more profound and more foundational so that they, like you said, because you said this very well, Kaife, don't look at it from a place of desperation and from a me, me, me kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. And a good segue into the second point that I wanted to make is that situations like this are actually very, it really reveals who we are as women. Yeah. These kind of situations, when we get in these places where we, and how we act towards our men or Mm -hmm. towards the men, it becomes like, whoa, this, um, this particular circumstance now really shows you as who you are. Because the people that are closest to us should be able to see us in the full spectrum of who we are, how we deal with good times and how we how we experience the good times and how we deal with the really bad times. Much like it is with, uh, let's say, I'm going to talk about like the pandemic, right? Like we went through the whole COVID situation. There were people that were very, you know, they were very rooted, stood strong in the face of adversity. And then they were the ones who were freaking out in sheer panic. They had no idea how to cope. And a lot of that ended up, you know, you probably have heard even in the UK, people turned to substances, you know, um, all kinds of abuse of certain, you know, like alcohol, things like that as a coping mechanism. So hardships, situations of hardship or any kind of, um, big substantial situations or circumstances really reveal who we are because it sh- it forces us to to have some sort of a response or a reaction and then the world could see who we are in the face of adversity and I think divorce is such a circumstance as well because if you have a woman that can look at it and say hey you know what Um, this hurts like hell yeah. but I still am a human being and I still have compassion and." You're a person and I just don't have it in me to go and try to rip you apart and take you down. I mean, you wouldn't do it to your neighbor. You wouldn't it do it a- to the stranger at Starbucks where you get your coffee, but you do it to the man that built a life with you and 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 created children with you. Yeah. So it's important to keep in mind that the very things that you do in these situations are going to be creating the opinion of who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, to yourself as well, not just for an outer perspective, but yourself, you know, and who wow. you are and what sort of woman you are and what sort of parent you are. All of this is incorporated into who you are as a whole. And if I say I'm about something, you know, my work, I'm very professional and I'm ambitious and I'm driven, I've got to surely have the same characteristics within my relationships with my children's fathers you know I've got to make sure that the standards that I have I uphold regardless of you know exactly regardless of what they've put me through exactly. or regardless of you know my own pain or my own like I say ego or my own feelings and desires I have to put all that aside because ultimately the children and the experience that they're gonna have of are- their parent the other parent is just as important as as their experience that they have with me um how would you how would you reason with somebody though who has I mean you said the examples of the ladies that were sort of giving you advice um you know, the negative, they're coming from their own projection of their experiences. How would you reason with somebody though, who has been cheated on and who has had a negative experience? Because in our situations, you know, we made the choices to, 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 to leave our relationships and we felt quite empowered in our decisions. And Mm -hmm. how would you reason with somebody to be kind to a man that has dismantled their whole life? How would you, reason i
0: think that if you take uh if you take a deeper look and i had oddly enough i had this conversation with my friend this morning um if you take a deeper look at what actually propels us to do some things in life and that includes men stepping outside of their relationships and you're able to assess and you and oftentimes you have to come face to face with the idea that um we contribute to breakdowns of our relationships as much as our partner and it was tough for me to accept and admit that to myself um but i think that if you were to take a look at it and realize of course and it's difficult to do through the pain because when you know you've been betrayed it's probably next to virtually impossible to be able to be in a state of mind that's calm enough to assess to say, like, what would have driven you to do this? Mm. And what did I do to deserve this, or what did I do to cause this? or what did mm. I do? or and and to be able to, and of course, perhaps it's probably best to work with a with a professional or do research on it because oftentimes there are people who are just not family people. Uh, mm. but I'll tell you, there was a lot of infidelity. I'm looking at my, I'll take my parents as an example. There was a lot of infidelity in my, in my household, mm-hmm. um, where my father was on the committing side and my mother was on the receiving side. Okay. So he was, um, he was the one who stepped out of the marriage multiple times. However, so here's how I would psychoanalyze that if I was to look at it and vis-a-vis like the advice I would give of. Friend or somebody that I knew, an acquaintance. Mm. If I looked at that, it was my father had learned that himself from his father. That's number one. Number two, it was very widely accepted in that culture. And I think that kind of is in a lot of cultures, if I'm not mistaken, Mm. that men, well, men just do that. Yeah. And uh, it was sort of the unwritten code that well, you know, all men do that. So basically you're kind of stuck because if you were to go to another man, it's not like you're going to find a man who wouldn't do that because all men do Mm -hmm. that. So it's part of the culture. You know, you have a man just kind of take it, stick with it, stay and, you know, make the best of it. it. Yeah. Uh... So that's how I would look at it. I would be like, okay, well, does he come from that kind of a background? Has he learned that in his upbringing? Has it been so normalized that it just doesn't feel like he's doing something that bad by doing it to his own wife because Mm -hmm. it was just so normalized in his own. So you can't really look at it that to the degree that it's like solely his fault and that he did something that he was happily married and he just stepped out of a relationship just for the fun of it because, hey, why not? It's just something we do and maybe also assess what was happening in the relationship because I think men also have certain needs and when those are not fulfilled by the women they chose to share their life with mm. perhaps they will go elsewhere and look for it and I know this because I had a discussion believe it or not with my sister-in-law about this mm. she knows that I do the podcast and so oftentimes I, I have these discussions because I have these ideas and sometimes like they The discussions I have with people in my life trigger. I'm like, oh, I should do a show on that. Yeah, (laughs) And we were talking about how men, and I think I spoke about this with someone else. Men have these deep desires to have their sexual fantasies fulfilled. But they also want the good girl that's going to be wife material and mother material, like a respectable serious woman at home who's going to take care of the household and he could go out in the world with her on his arm and people are not going to look at him to say, oh, her? Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that sometimes when women sort of go towards in one direction where they kind of close off sexually, but they're still the respectable woman, takes good care of the kids, takes good care of the household. However, men's sexual desires are not fulfilled. Mm. That's perhaps one of the reasons, or vice versa, where you have the women who are very much into their sexual and they fulfill Mm. the sexual, but they are not wife or mother material. Well, Mm. they will probably go for the sexual aspect, but they would never take you seriously enough to make you a wife or the mother of his children. Mm. So I think it's so multi-layered, at least for me, those are the lens I would look at it through. And like I said, but that's only because I come from a household where this was practiced openly, not openly, but we knew it was happening. Yeah. yeah. And it was, and it was not a good feeling because you could see the uh, problems and the issues that it created in the household. So so yeah. Oh yeah. You could say that
1: for your mom, like uh, your mom's experience wasn't positive in that.
0: No, of course not. Mm. I mean, it wasn't, and I guess, you know, to take it a, a, like a layer deeper, it's also in the way that it's practiced. Like, I mean, it's not like if a, if a guy goes and does it once and it's secret far away, never happens again. He comes, he says, I did this. Oh my God, you're hurt. But if he does it on a regular basis and it's like, part of the lifestyle and he just feels like entitled or it's become habitual he's a Mm. sex addict and it's a mental health issue like it's just so multi-layered it's Mm. really difficult to look at something and just say well you just do it because you're this well I would want to assess but again I'm speaking through the lens of how much self-development I've done I probably Mm. wouldn't be giving you the same answer Kaife, if I was like Mm -hmm. 25 Right now, yeah. I'll just be speaking from pain and anger and yeah. I'll be t- saying very different words. But um, I think it's worth sort of digging deeper to identify exactly what's going on. And there are many people who this is exactly what they do. They've studied it and it's worth pursuing so that you can sort of try to come to understand mm-hmm. exactly the why and how you participated in creating that for yourself if you did. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's a very difficult one. And I think the only way you can get to that point and arrive to, you know, having the ability to be kind throughout it when you've been so damaged and so hurt is the self work. It has to be where you invest in yourself and you try and build yourself up to a point where you take responsibility for your own, like you just said, you kind of reflect on the role that you played. I don't think it's fair to blame, you know, a wife or a partner for their partner's choices, you know, to cheat or, you know, that they were lacking. Um, But obviously with every situation, there's a reason. Um, And I think if you take responsibility for what you allow, because I think it's about allowing as well, if you continue to allow someone to do something to you, like the cheating, you know, over and over again. It's not making you happy. It's harming you. It's making you feel devalued. Your self-worth is on the floor. If you're allowing somebody to do that continuously, I feel like that's where you become embittered because you've allowed them to take so much of what you value, what you see as important you've allowed them to continue to violate your own standards Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like you have to get to a resolve where it's like okay this isn't enough this isn't enough for me the relationship itself maybe I don't advocate leaving a relationship um but I feel like even what you described with um your mom's situation mm. it's the it's, it's, it's over and over again it's repeated behavior that's not changing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think there has to come a point where you sort of are like well this isn't this isn't for me yeah. this isn't this isn't good enough it's not
0: yes it's not meeting my needs and you know it's actually important you bring such an important point to the to the table, because I think it's so important that you recognize these things. You have to be so Mm. in tune with yourself like what you said about um, your own self awareness Mm. to know what your standards are. So when you meet someone and you start, let's say dating before, far before you even get to the marriage or, you know, obviously the divorce, um, what are your standards? Like I, I, I've dated guys who obviously did not know me, like you don't know. So you meet somebody for the first time. It's your responsibility to bring to the, to the forefront, to the table, who you are through your, through your communication and through your behavior and through your actions. So that, that person that you're, you know, engaging with knows not to cross a certain line and you could tell them very, um, you could be very firm about it, but compassionate and so that they know that that's just you would not even consider the mm. idea, much less the behavior, the idea of yeah. somebody disrespecting you or not meeting your standards. If you're operating from that standard and that individual does not meet that standard, then mm. the onus is on you to accept responsibility that you the unhappiness that is now in yeah. your relationship is because you allow that person. We yeah. teach our partners how to treat us by accepting their behavior that is not aligned with what we think our worth and our value is. A high-value woman would never, ever, ever accept a man to take her to, let's say, McDonald's for dinner. Mm -hmm. A high-value woman would expect a man, because she knows her worth, to take her to a nice restaurant and invest in a good meal because he thinks that she is worth spending that kind of money on. Mm -hmm. Much much like that, the same applies in relationships in the way that we allow them. So if you're going to, if you're not going to uh, voice how you feel about something from the beginning and yeah. you start to accept, how do you expect, what do you expect the men to think? If you've accepted them to disrespect you, they, they think it's perfectly mm-hmm. normal and okay. And you expect them to read minds and then you get angry and it causes, I'm a big advocate that from the beginning, and this actually I know we're talking about relationships and divorce and marriages this mm-hmm. applies to relationships as far as friendships and yeah. coworkers you could be mm-hmm. very firm and you could be stand your ground in many things so that people do not cross your boundaries yeah. um and even in in friendships like if somebody's yeah. going to disrespect you that means that they don't value you as a friend and they don't value mm-hmm. the friendship So the onus is on you to establish those from the beginning, because I think it's easier to, let's say, leave a relationship three months into dating than it is to leave a marriage 13 years into the marriage. Oh, a
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. But we fall in love with the potential, don't we? We imagine that the things that we see in the beginning are maybe not going to be there as the person grows trying to give people an opportunity to grow into the role of husband because when we do get married and you know the person we think we are we don't always continue to be that person we grow don't we we change as we we go down that route and that road of marriage and as time passes but definitely having those boundaries in place and ensuring that you maintain the standards, your own personal standards, regardless of your partner's choices and the way that they yes. t- tend to do things. I feel like, so I feel like within relationships, we have to be, it's, it's like you're independent still. Mm-hmm. You're still an independent, sorry. You're still an independent person, but you cooperate together. Right. You know, because if, for example, if I believed, so with even the church element of things, if I was religious in a certain way and my partner wasn't, I feel that you can still both have your own views and opinions, but you have to just exist on that realm rather than trying to join it together. You can still be individuals. I have my faith. I have my choices. I have my, you know, things that are important to me. You don't we don't criticize each other or try to change one another, but we, ex- you know, that part of us exists cooperative, cooperatively. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a really difficult place to be when you are say 13 years down the line in this marriage yes. and I somebody's mean- doing something that is completely violating your, standards but you're so intertwined everything's so connected now you've got children together you've got bills you've got you know jobs lifestyles family it's it's really difficult to to dismantle all of that and I can understand how somebody would become so resentful and so angry and embittered because actually, I can't get out of this situation. Well, that's how you feel. Everybody's got a choice. We can always get out when we choose to, but it feels like because of all the things that we've got intertwined in the marriage or the relationship, it feels like that can't be broken. So you stay and you put off with all this stuff.
0: Yes.
1: And then in the end of it, for the relationship to break down anyway, why would you not? Had you reason not to be spiteful or not to be unkind to the other person when they violated you across the board and then in the end say they leave you for their mistress or right right
0: <laughs> i'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book against medical advice this book is a memoir and it tells the story of how i built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you would please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. Also worth mentioning, because this is one of the things that I mentioned to my friend this morning. Um, if they don't know, because I know I did this, and and it was difficult, because when I came face to face with it, I was like, what? But I didn't, like, why didn't you say something? Uh, when I was in my marriage, I had this expectation that... My then husband read my mind (laughs) to know how I feel about something. And when he would not behave or act in accordance to my wishes, which he didn't know, he doesn't (laughs) read minds, then I would get mad at him. And the anger would lead me to behave in ways that I'm not very proud of so again it goes back to what i said earlier sometimes we have to look at it like the sometimes men seriously don't know and i know there's jokes going around and you probably have heard that like oh women are so there you'll never know how to read a woman and i've seen memes that have like these books that are like three feet thick and they say this is like (laughs) you know the first edition of understanding women it's difficult (laughs) i get it we are multi-layered we are you know our hormones are There are so many hormonal upheavals that drive how we act and how we react and how we respond. So it's really fundamental, please, like women, we have to be kind to men to know that they don't understand. They have a completely different view of life. They are very logical. We are very emotional. We expect them to look at things through our emotional lens, which they cannot because they're not equipped with it. And then we react to the fact that they did not act in accordance. So we love them conditionally. And I'm guilty of that. I did that too. My love for him or even me sharing myself with him was very conditional. It's like, well, you didn't do that. So I'm going to make you pay and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. So it's so, so, so important that um, this investment in yourself is not so much for the sake of your marriage, but for the sake of you, you would become a high value individual. And then this self-exploration would allow you to see who you are and what your standards are so that you can make them be known to your partner so that mm. then you would be able to see. And only then should you leave the marriage if you see that that person is nowhere near equipped to understand And perhaps you've grown to be different individuals and Mm -hmm. eh, it's just not going to work. But I still think the onus is on you. And I know it's difficult because sometimes people just have not grown to the point where they themselves can see it, much less expect a partner. But subconsciously or unconsciously, a lot of women do that. They have this expectation. I I know I say this because I know I did it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I expect you to know how I feel. So act according to that. And if you don't, I'm going to punish you
1: see I'm so different to that like I'm such a clear communicator I'm very much like oh I don't like this this is happening and I don't like it I'm not enjoying this part of the marriage or mm. I'm noticing that I'm not getting what I need from you and I need this element um is there any way you can change that is anything you can do and I feel like comprehend his comprehension wasn't what it needed to be and generally with men I feel they don't understand things even yes. if you are
0: but do you very think that yeah do you think that that's because they don't have that emotional lens that we do and another question I was going to ask you Kai, did you always feel that way or are you talking about like the evolved woman you are today versus let's say someone who you were 10 years ago 15 years ago 20 years ago Because I I can see everything you say right now. I'm very communicative, even like with my friend this morning, you know, I was very, I'm very uh, vocal about Mm -hmm. like, this is how I feel. Yeah, This Mm -hmm. is why I feel how I feel so that you don't ever question. But I was not like that back in the day. So right now I look at myself exactly how you just described, but I know that looking back at my older self, nowhere near, not even non-existent.
1: No, I've always been this way. Um, and when I was younger, it was it was always um seen as kind of negative. When I was very young, you know, as a child, it's very too outspoken, says too much, got too many opinions about everything. Just as a child, you just need to get on with what you've been told by the adults, or yes. you shouldn't be challenging things all the time. Yes. But that was me as a young child. All everything I had a question for, I challenged every opinion and I mean. I didn't think about it, I wasn't conscious of the fact that when I was asking the questions or challenging certain things that that re- that my mentality or attitude as it came across would be perceived as rude or disrespectful, I didn't see it as that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that's how the perception was at times but now that I'm older and you know you get to a certain age and as a great you know you're just a grown-up people do listen to you and take your opinion on board because now you're somehow qualified because you're older but I was saying the same things when I was younger I've always said this sort of thing I've always said well why just because he's a man do we have to xyz or you know how do we you know challenge or or make change with things always feeling very passionate about um what's right and wrong like Mm -hmm. not a hard line I'm not like you know it's either this or that but questioning like why, why do we have to do this why why is it important for us to keep up this tradition, say within our family or you know, mm-hmm. um I don't know maybe it's because of um my upbringing, but I definitely think my character has always been very did um, you
0: did you do it with kindness though like for example, you just said that you'd say, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that you're doing this um or I don't like th- having this as part of our marriage, Mm. which, how would you communicate that? Would you say it sort of like, honey, um, I love that you do this, but I just wanted to tell you, I actually was thinking, you know, the other day when you did this, like I just, that doesn't really resonate with me and I would really greatly appreciate it if you didn't do that again. Or, um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that I don't like it? or were you the kind that would say uh, yeah. i don't like that mm. don't do that again cuz because i think that the way that we put it across yeah. i mean especially because right now we're just trying to describe how important it is to be kind to men mm. i'm curious as to how you articulated yeah. that
1: that kindness um i think i've grown yeah definitely since yeah. i like, not being married and how i say how it's delivered and how it lands, yes. and
0: right, how it lands. I love that. <laughs> so
1: true, so true. But also the because because I'm thinking when when we're talking about this, I'm thinking about my children as well and how I'll approach things with them. What's I think and 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 I thought of when you just asked the question. I thought of other men that I've talked to and been around, and how I've sort of tried to communicate. My needs or wants with them, and ultimately, if if they can't meet my need, ultimately I know that I have to walk away. That's my position. If they're not going to do what needs to be done for me personally, then I'm happy to walk away from any relationship and any situation, friendship, because that's what's necessary for me, for my mental health, for my general well being, um, and for me as a person. I, I just feel like that's my right as a person to choose who's in my space and right. who I'm around um but i feel like it's difficult when you are trying to communicate yeah and the ground that it lands on isn't able to receive it anyway it doesn't matter which way you say it you could say it in the kindest way possible you could over explain yourself i find like i said with my children i find that i really over explain things because a lot of the times i'll say something to them and they won't do exactly what i've asked them to do because they've misheard or they weren't listening at the time but i find now that my son when i explain things to him he'll be like oh Oh. can you hurry up and finish what you're saying and i'm like right hang on I'm spending the time over explaining because I don't want you to make a mistake. I want you to go and get X, Y, Z for me. And I'm explaining exactly where it is because I don't want you to come back in a minute and say, Oh, where's that? You know, um, is it on top or is it underneath? If you were listening to me before, I explained exactly where it was so that we wouldn't have to have another conversation about it. Right. So, so I feel like, in response to your question and how it's done, I feel like the individual makes it. The individual like dictates, it. yeah, yeah, affects how you communicate with them. Right. And so I know men who would prefer just a straightforward: can you just say it as it is, and I don't want you fluffing everything. So what do true. you need? What do you want from me? What is it you need me to understand? So and they can handle you know you're just saying look I just need xyz um or this doesn't make me happy or that doesn't make me whereas other people need a little bit of stroking and a little bit of the gentleness like you say like I I, I, I feel like I'm learning myself and men as well through my children definitely at the moment with how they respond and I know you seemed a bit shocked with what my son's response but he's becoming a stroppy teenager now and that's the reality of who he is and I can see some of the characteristics in him that I was dealing with with his dad and his dad was a grown man so there's obviously something going on now that I need to support or kind of help him to grow out of right. so that as he becomes a man right. he doesn't carry these traits because right. I definitely see this cannot express how exact it is <laughs> sometimes the way that he responds to me um in the way that his, his, his dad did so um that's
0: and he that's that's so interesting that you said that because you're right like i mean eventually he will be a man and there will be a woman who he will have to interact in a relationship it's so true because mm. another question i was going to ask you kaife is. How do you feel about the fact that because you just mentioned, you know, how you would, let's say, have this kind of conversation or communicate with your children. But I think there's like probably a difference in how you interact with somebody who's, let's say, your equal. Yeah. A man in like equal partnership in a, let's say, relationship Mm -hmm. versus a child where you are the authority in the household and the way you articulate and how you say it, obviously. Um, with a a child you're not going to be engaging in a let's say disagreement or fight or whatnot that would be sort of equal person to equal person you're the person of authority and they would not be so apt out of the fact that they would respect you because you're mom and you're the caregiver and the caretaker and you're the provider they're not going to be engaging in that kind of a battle with you but somebody who looks at you as equal to say wait a minute I bring the same amount of money in this household as you. So I feel emboldened to say what I have to say mm-hmm. or yell at you or yeah. whatnot. Because I think that a lot of times that takes place in that regard as well, or vice versa. Sometimes women would do mm-hmm. that. They would be the aggressor. Yeah, uh, And you see a lot of that. And I know that you wanted to, and we will discuss this next week, where women operate so much from their masculine that mm-hmm. they are the ones who um who take on those traits and express them and manifest them in their relationships in the way mm. that they behave um and you kind of become conditioned to that so oftentimes yeah. I think that communication but um the most important thing for me like through and through I think that and this this would be the biggest point that I would want to make in this episode that We have to be kind because that's just who we are. Not because we owe it to the men. Not because we feel that we we have to do something to get something in return. Like, don't do it because, oh, well, if I'm kind, then I'll be perceived as a nice person. And it feels good to be perceived as a nice person. So I'll just be kind for that. No, you do it because that's just your natural expression of your true authentic self. And the kindness flows out of you, whether it's towards the men that you had been married to. And now the, let's say the relationship has come to an end, whether it's towards a friend who let's say is going through a tough time, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a child, whoever, Uh, your kindness flows out of you in every situation because you're just, you are kind. It's part of your identity. It's part of your being, not because yeah. it's it, it has a, it's a means to an end or it's owed or anything like that. And that for me has become so important mm. and it's work. Sometimes it's work. So you have to be so self-aware. And of course, yes. what you said earlier is like probably fundamental. You really have to work on yourself and mm. develop yourself to, to get to the point of being kind. And in order to do that, You have to look at yourself. Why did I react like that? And we have a built-in guidance system. If you feel bad after you just read somebody out, or if you were a bitch to somebody, especially your significant other, or you were mean or cruel or Mm -hmm. disrespectful or any of those things. And of course, this goes for men too. But if you feel that as a woman you Mm. did something or you weaponized because women are so good at that Mm. weaponizing manipulating Mm. um if you've done any of those things and you feel like shit like you have Mm. that feeling like "Uh, i shouldn't have done that but you're too proud to admit it because why should you admit it that's weakness (laughs) to most people um Mm. So you have to really be able to look at your actions and you have your guidance system that teaches you like, oh, okay, that didn't feel so good. Let's dissect that. So yeah. don't go and distract yourself by, you know, going to watch what Kim Kardashian is wearing <laughs> or, you know, the whatever opening of a movie or whatnot. Um Take the time to really dig deep within yourself to see what's the driving factor. Because I know that a lot of us carry traumas that dictate yeah. how we operate in our relationships. But if you're able to step back and look at why did I act like that? And what can I do to change it so that I can operate from a place of kindness yeah. and compassion towards anybody, regardless of how difficult it is? And the growth happens when you do it <laughs> when it's the hardest. Yeah. Like in the middle of a fight, if you can step into that. And it's the most difficult thing ever. If you can step into that space of kindness and compassion rather than Mm. reaction and meanness and all of those things, you are a master of yourself. That's that's self-mastery on the highest level. So it's important to really explore yourself and why so to me, that's the most important. I don't know if you agree with it. I don't know if you think yeah. that there's anything that's above that. But for me, I think that being kind as a result of who you are as a person, mm-hmm. not because it's owed, is so important. To and be that honest. kindness,
1: yeah, that kindness is freedom. You know, it, it sets you yes. free as a person. It, it helps you to feel lighter in yourself. And like you said about the traumas and looking at why you respond the way that you are addressing the things that you've been through your negative experiences and having kindness towards the people who have contributed to your trauma in the past, historically, you know, your parents, you know, um, exes or school teachers, all the things for ex friends, everything you've been through. If you can look at everything through the, the lens of kindness and compassion that helps you then when you're in the situations with your partner, you know, to be able to be in that space, in that place automatically. That's where you're operating from at all times. Because mm-hmm. if I can forgive, you know, the horrendous things that I've been through in the past, if I can forgive the childhood traumas and forgive the people who, you know, were in trusted positions, either as friends, as adults, um, People who in my life who have caused me to feel pain and, you know, to have to, to learn um, coping mechanisms. If mm-hmm. you can look at them with kindness and understand, you know, where they came from and what they've been through themselves. Just like you said, with your dad, looking at the fact oh, that yeah. he was given that example, you know, if you yeah. can look at him with compassion and say, you know, this is what you were taught. This is what you were used to. This is what you were exposed to as well and this is what you perpetuated yourself within your own life. If you can look at people with that lens generally and work through your own experiences through that lens, it becomes so much easier when you're in living your day-to-day life and when you're in a relationship or, you know, a situation where kindness isn't the default, it isn't the natural, you know, way to... Operate in that moment. But it becomes easier when you do the self-work, like you said, the self-mastery, that really getting a hold of your own mindset and your own responsibility. It's taking responsibility. I feel like that, that is so vital. It's vital for your mental health. It's vital for... How you present as a person, it's vital for how you show up every single day in every single facet of your life and work, at home, as a parent, yeah. as a partner. Yeah. That sense of responsibility. And and we were talking about the whole um affair side or somebody, you know, looking at the um the breakdown of a relationship and that personal responsibility. I feel like when it's why did somebody do something to me, or why did they keep doing this thing to me, I don't think that's the perspective you should have. I feel like it's, it's it's not the responsibility in that respect that I've caused this person to do something to me. It's not it's responsibility in how I've dealt with it or how my actions have contributed to what I've allowed to happen. Do you know? Something you know I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel so like um,
0: standards the standards that you have in your life, yeah. I, I've actually, when I look back on my uh, my parents' you know, lovely mm. marriage, mm. uh, I looked at that and I said, and I actually, to some degree, uh, just thinking of my mother, I'm like, why would you not put your okay. foot down, like, and mm. just not accept that to ever? And especially because you feel, um, and this is another thing I talked about with my friend this morning, when people try to stay, and I know my mother did this, they try to stay in the marriage, even way past the time when the person has shown that they have no regard for how you feel, Mm. no respect for how you feel. They're Mm. operating from their own limitation, Mm. which my father was to the highest degree, Mm -hmm. and operating only from what they had learned and perpetuating which Mm -hmm. is how generational trauma gets passed down and why would she stay why wouldn't she just say (laughs) you know what actually this is not a lie and it doesn't have to be a confrontation just to say you know what this is not aligned with my value system this is not aligned with what I had envisioned for my life and I'm not going to stay and I'm going to leave. And the things that we were talking about is with my friend this morning is about the people who accept that kind of stuff, but they stay in the marriage because there are children. Mm. And and what I was what I was trying to articulate this morning is that you disempower children when you do that. Yes. Despite the fact, and I want to really emphasize this, you do it with the best of intentions. intentions. Yeah, You want the children to have the family unit because it's important. Yep. But when you stay in a broken family unit, you teach the children, just like my dad learned, to take the behaviors that they learned from the everyday exposure to the broken family unit and the really mm. shitty interaction between the parents. Internalize that. Let that yeah. become their modus operandi and then take it into their respective relationships do the same have children of their own expose them to the same behaviors demonstrate the same thing then those children will perpetuate and so on and so forth so the best thing to do is no matter how all the children i know this probably they're probably going to be listeners out there who are going to be like no you know you're terrible (laughs) and you you're so wrong Um, Mm. I wish I tell you, I'll tell you right now, experientially, I'm talking from my own experience, um, and from psychoanalyzing it, I wish it was my greatest wish now in hindsight that my parents would not have stayed together because I saw things I wish that I could find a way to erase from ever have having seen I wish that uh, there are ways that I could unhear things I heard that I wish Mm. never were said between the two of them. Mm. I wish that um, experiences that I had in the household had never happened and could be erased forever. Um, Of course, you know, if you look at the other side of it, it was necessary for my growth and for me to learn what not to do. However, uh, I did learn terrible things. And it was a lot of work for me to unlearn those things and to really identify what they were. I mean, I could have invested that time in something so much more productive in my opinion in the sense of I could have learned to become a master at something, but I had to really sit down with myself and say, put all things aside and really look at why this is affecting you and in what way. And for the listeners that are tuning in, and this is the first show, I had a stroke. It really caught up with me. Uh, It obviously led to my own divorce because I learned really shitty things from my family life between my parents, the trauma and everything. And um, I wish that they wouldn't have stayed together because it probably would have spared me. I wish Uh, that my mom would have left my dad when I was so young that I would not have been exposed to those things. mm -hmm. And I, what I was telling my friend this morning and this applies to both men and women equally um, if you stay in a relationship and you expose your children whether they are male or female mm-hmm. a man, if, as a man if you're a man in a relationship and you expose let's say your male children that it's okay to stay in a relationship that's broken and it's okay to take abuse from your wife let's mm-hmm. say in the sense of she's emasculating you demeaning you things of that nature or even you know physically assaulting you throwing things Mm -hmm. at you things like that um you are showing your son that it's okay to stay in that it's okay to take it it's okay to stay silent Mm. it's okay to so what kind of a man in essence are you developing because you lead by example first and foremost Mm. And on the flip side for women, because obviously I'm a girl, I was a girl and I grew up in that household. I looked at my mother and I saw, so basically she was teaching me that it's number one, it's okay to get hit. It's okay Mm. to be demeaned. It's okay to be cheated on. Mm. It's okay for men to do these things and you have to stay quiet and you have to accept it and internalize everything, bite your tongue, swallow all that. Oh, My friends, if you can go and do research to see the devastating consequences Mm. of that, because that's energy that gets trapped into the body, that's trauma that gets into your nervous system and in every cell. Okay. Physiologically, we're talking now. I know until now we were talking mindset and things, Mm. but there is a cascade of really bad things, which for me translated into a stroke, which nearly killed me. And it is incredibly, incredibly important to um identify how these traumas are going to affect you. And think also of the fact that you're also traumatizing the children by exposing them to these the fights, the this, the that. You want to empower yeah. your children. You want to teach them how to communicate. You want to teach them how to be respectful of boundaries. I had this conversation with my son, mm-hmm. my youngest son, who's 16 is dating this beautiful girl. And Mm. I had a conversation with him and I told him, uh, you always respect her boundaries. Mm. You always make sure by watching how her cues, you always make sure that she is okay with everything that you involve her in with what you guys do and, and ask, ask her to articulate to you. Maybe she grew up in a, in a household where It wasn't okay. Like you said, you know, when you're young, you're supposed to keep quiet. You're not Mm. supposed to say anything, blah, blah, blah. And I encouraged him to encourage her to share how she feels by asking simple questions. Are you okay with, do you like this?
1: Do you want to do
0: do something else? Or, you know, how does this sound? Very Mm. simple techniques. But trust me, when you stay in a relationship where you allow the children to see the abuse, oh my God, you normalize it for them. You normalize abuse, you normalize weakness, you normalize, Mm. especially as men, if you stay and you take it, or women for that matter, if you Mm. stay and you take it, you're telling children that it's okay for this to happen. It's okay to stay and take it. It's okay to say nothing and it's not okay on any level ever. Yeah, it's that's going to have catastrophic consequences. And eventually your children, much like my parents ended up divorcing, I ended up divorced too. So yeah. you are disabling them from even having a quality relationship that's based on trust and love and things that are so important because mm-hmm. you don't show them those in your respective marriage with your significant other.
1: Yeah. Yeah and it's an act of kindness isn't it really to if yes towards your children if you separate and say you know yes we want the ideal family and we want the family unit and husband and wife in a household together but if it's not like I said a good example if it's not edifying for everybody involved
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's the ultimate act of kindness to be able to say you know let's separate and have the children experience love and peace and joy and you know yes a, a divided family unit but a better overall experience for them where they're not a life to experience
0: that absolutely yeah. that's so
1: powerful what you it's said so important today, really. it's so it's so important and I I think that people forget that and and uh, as well with the whole kindness element of it is being kind to yourself. Yes. You don't deserve that. You know, you don't have to tolerate. We all have choices in everything that we do. Um, and we don't have to tolerate or accept that this is just the way that life is. And, you know, right. I'm massively unhappy and I'm not fulfilled. I'm being violated and mistreated. Yes. And we're all aware when we are in something, in, in an environment that isn't healthy for ourselves, the guilt that we feel when we know and we're aware that we're bringing our children into that as well and keeping them in that as well. That's.
0: And I think it's, yeah. And I think it's also worth saying that despite the fact, because that, that was something that I, of course, I didn't do it maybe right off the bat, but I did it when I sort of came to my senses through my own self development and self exploration. When a marriage ends, the marriage ends. You don't stop Mm. being a father. You don't stop being a mother. Those kids will always have you as the mother and they'll always have you as the father. Mm. It's just that the romantic aspect of you and your other, your partner, the other person in the family unit, that's the only thing that ends. The love for the kids never ends and neither should respect for each other because Mm. you should respect each other for the fact that you uh, created life, which is probably the most divine thing that we could do in our human life yeah. experience. We created life to me. That's usually when we talk about being godlike. That to me is godlike. God is a creator, we create yeah. life so that we are godlike. Yeah, so the idea that the marriage ends does not mean that it's basically the contract of being together and operating as a family. Um, or as husband and wife as a mm-hmm. spouses that ends you don't stop being yeah. a mom you don't stop being a dad you shouldn't yes. stop respecting the person you shouldn't stop loving the children you shouldn't yes. start you shouldn't stop contributing to the betterment of the children you should yes. not stop guiding the children you should not stop teaching the children all of those things continue none yes. of that ends so it's just one aspect one one piece of the puzzle overall that's ending, not the whole mm. thing. So yeah. but I see the drama because I hear it all the time and I've seen it before mm. where the the one parent uses the children, they make oh, the, yeah. the other parent look bad to the children to wet so they basically yeah. weaponize is, <laughs> oh it's so terrible. So it terrible. Is if there's anything more disempowering for those children, it's mm.
1: that yeah I feel like um it actually makes you a bad parent if you purposely aim to harm the other parent because you're doing a disservice to your children so true a hundred like a hundred percent it's absolutely unacceptable I feel like if you don't get along if you have so much resentment hate and you despise a person for whatever reason because sometimes there is a valid reason you know people are go through um domestic violence and you know our victim um our victims so it's fair that you you know don't hold space for a person at all and you can't even co-parent in a productive way but i feel like even in that scenario if you can't be around the person and you need to cut them off completely they can still see their children they can still have yes. that relationship they can still you know, be a part of their child's life actively. And I feel like as a parent and who I am is always going to be about my boys seeing their fathers and having that relationship with them. Um. Yeah, I think it's that important. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. Uh, Basically, to summarize it, what you're saying is that you are investing in your children and their future through the man that is their father so if you are kind to the men you're it's an actual investment um the way that this was our like i heard this one time when i was talking to a friend of mine we're doing a course together and she said to me because she's the one who brought the course to me she's like oh you would love this and i said oh my god in my conversation I'm like oh my god this just came at such the right time and she said the universe works in in mysterious ways um mm. it came from the universe through me mm. because she's the one who brought it to me but she was yeah. she was not trying to take credit for it she's like no it came from the like you manifested this and it just yeah. was manifested through me and in the same way you would be investing in your children through your ex-husband it yes. comes through him to mm. them." So if you can, if you can channel the kindness and use and put it through the conduit, which is your ex-husband, you Mm -hmm. are giving that kindness for the betterment of your children. It's so huge. I don't think that people understand that. And, but I really, 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 really want to emphasize that I understand Mm -hmm. how difficult it is because when you're in a state of anger, um, if you do any kind of studies or if you just look up when you're in a state of anger, you are disabling your reasoning abilities. Like you're taking some faculties and turning them completely off. So it's very difficult to do what we are espouting here. We're saying, do this and do this and do this. It's very difficult to do it when you're angry. However, here's a solution for you, my friends. And Mm. I know you'll agree with me, Kaife. When the dust is settled five, 10 minutes later, a day, whatever, and you've had time, Mm to really digest and look back on it and you're now not in the heat of the moment you have a huge huge opportunity to really step up and be a big person and go to your whether it's an ex already or existing partner and apologize or discuss it in a very um calm kind manner Mm -hmm. be able to address what's what's going on and dissect it together and find a solution together because you are in it together I know yeah. that sounds corny but it's true you are yeah. in it together and especially if you have children together yeah it's an investment in the children so
1: yeah 100% and
0: some of us friends some of us learn this the hard way just saying
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we
0: and sometimes we need the lesson multiple times
1: to keep yes. practicing and practicing and practicing so yes It's good to have the understanding and that position to begin with. At least we can try. That's all we can do is try.
0: Of course. And we all want to move forward in a healthy and positive way. Mm -hmm. And that you should feel kindness inside of you to allow your partner, whether that's a man. And we are talking about men here because Kaife, you and I, obviously, this is the the point of the show is to be kind to men. We're both Mm -hmm. women please be kind to men, let them move Mm. forward in a healthy and positive way because they deserve that too. They deserve the kindness so that, because they also have their own struggle, right? They're probably struggling with feelings of guilt. They probably struggle with feelings of shame. They're Mm. probably struggling about the kids. They're struggling with regret and things like that. And they also, just like you, they want to move forward in a positive, healthy way. They want to be there for their children. They want to spend time with the, I hear this all the time. I mean, all the time men are always, I remember my ex-husband, of course, this goes back a long time, but he was telling me about a guy he was working with who was in, I mean, a really bad relationship with his ex-wife, but they had a daughter together Mm -hmm. and he would leave to go pick up his daughter Friday. He would have her for the weekend. And of course we have to be cognizant of the fact that there are many external factors that are outside of our control so mm. this man gets to his ex-wife's house five minutes late after 5 p.m which is international traffic rush hour mm. traffic time i know i say international i say that wholeheartedly because <laughs> i know that's the case everywhere yeah and she said well you're late so you can't have her close oh, the wow. door and he had to go back in. Rush out. I mean, what was he going to do at this point? Break the door down, call the cops, get involved, have an altercation? Of course not. Huge opportunity to be kind, to say, oh, I mean, of course, like late. It's okay to be late because everybody's late once in a while. I mean, there could have been an accident or whatnot. You have to be understanding that there are those factors at play as well. But, you know, he just had to take that, turned around, left and didn't get to see his daughter because she obviously... Weaponized the power that she has, and leveraged the fact that he was late and used it against him so that yeah. she could punish him. That's just that's that's being a shitty human being. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that's, that's just th-
0: a shitty because you're, you're punishing the child too. I'm sure she wanted to see her father as well.
1: Terrible parenting. How yeah. how can you look yeah. at your child and say I'm a good parent and I'm doing my best for you? Exactly. If I'm gonna you know not allow. When, exactly. you know, human error, I mean, five minutes, is it that deep? Is it that serious? You know, <laughs> again, that's her not operating from a kind place, is it? That's just right. maybe resentment. And
0: and I said, I said, human being, you're a shitty human being, or you're mm. not a good human being, but you're right. Also not a good parent because that's, no. that goes hand in hand. You are mean towards the, your your partner, your spouse, your significant other or ex-husband for that matter. Mm. And, but you were also mean to the, to the child, Child, because she also wanted to see her dad. One thing that I wanted to also say, and I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. um, Please know that your children are half you and half their father. So when you try to punish, okay, this here's a psychology, Mm because I've looked at this through the studies that have been done as well as experientially, I'm talking about Mm -hmm. myself. When you try to punish your ex-husband, you are punishing half of your children who have 100%. never done anything to you because yeah. they are half you and half them. And I know this because that's how I felt. And I still, to this day, my parents are still on really bad terms. They're still very bitter. I mean, they're old school, very old energy, very old way of thinking. Oh. They carry grudges. They don't know how damaging that is. Um, And To this day, when they say something, I can't help because I'm self-aware and I've worked hard on that. I can't help but feel like when my mother says something negative about my father, I can't help but feel that that's somehow it hurts me because I am half him. Yeah. And I know that many times she would say things like, well, he chose to do this and you do it and you are this and you. And I said, well, but I didn't choose to be, I didn't choose to be brought into this world. Mm -hmm. You chose him to do that you chose mm. him to bring me here to create yeah. me and bring me here so why are you punishing me i didn't mm. i didn't i have no like i did not create any of this whatsoever this was created yeah. between the two of you and i'm in the middle and you guys are just throwing mud at me too yeah because on on her end she's obviously hurting me by saying the bad things about him which he, mm. i'm have him and she, and he hurts me by saying bad things about her because i'm also have her mm. so it's so damaging. Oh my God. And you have no idea how much time I had to spend trying to understand mm, that. It's yeah. like you create a lifetime of work to try to work through that muddle. Like it's just so incredibly difficult trying to make sense. And especially, in, I mean, at my age right now, I'm a grown woman and mm. I've studied and I've dedicated time and effort to understanding this stuff. Imagine asking a seven year old or Mm -hmm. five-year-old, or 12-year-old who barely understands themselves going through the developmental stages of their body and their hormones, not understanding a damn thing that's going on. And then on top of that, expecting them to be doing well at school with Mm -hmm. stellar grades because you want them to be, uh, you know, prepared for a bright future ahead in the working world. But you're also expecting them to somehow decipher the intricacies of how they feel because you said so-and-so about their father just a little bit of you know a a bit of a of an idea of something to consider Mm. the amount of of what we put on our kids through that and then trust me when I say and I don't know if please correct me if I'm wrong kindness is like the solution here
1: it is no it is a hundred percent I found like I said before um to you in a different uh in a different conversation my ex-husband has been very bitter um even you know in all the years it's mm-hmm. been nearly 8 years now i think since we've been uh, divorced and separated mm-hmm. um there's a lot of bitterness so i've found the kindness element has been my default but my children have always Seen it as me being difficult so when he's spoken about me or said certain things or tried to argue with me at the door for example when they're being handed over
0: mm-hmm.
1: I have found that I've stayed silent because I don't want to speak badly about you I don't want to argue in front of the children so let's just get the the, the kind of handover done you're bringing them back or I'm giving you the children and let's leave it at that right because I won't engage my children were very much like you're so rude to dad you're just not nice to him but my stance is that we're going to get into an argument and I don't want to fight about anything so I'd rather not say anything I'd rather keep my mouth closed because mm-hmm. that's the kindest way to be for me because I don't want to get into a back and forth about anything I don't want to have my children see us not getting along. I'd rather just have the silence. And if we need to communicate, we'll text or do it away from them where we can resolve whatever it is the issue. But he always seemed to want to have these conversations in front of the boys, and I just wouldn't allow it. But regardless, I know that although they, in my attempt to protect them, is what I'm saying sometimes their perception because of their age and because of them being so young and not understanding the depth of what i'm trying to protect them from mm-hmm. they perceived it as me being unkind to their dad but i know that that wasn't my intention and sometimes what you do and the way you deal with things like having to maybe block somebody or not talk to them anymore or separate and and break up the happy home for your sanity although it's the kindest thing to do it may not be perceived that way and i think that's why people are scared to, to to walk away or to make that change for themselves because of the fact that it's going to be perceived as the most unkind thing in the world but actually the kindness the reason i'm doing it is for the kindness of the ex-partner for yourself and for the children for the environment generally so it's difficult to um have a making sense because i feel like it's it seems like the action itself isn't kind but it is overall for everybody do you know what i mean
0: right and uh, so with with regards to that when you do have the um um, like let's say he's coming to do the drop-off yeah the exchange of the children Mm -hmm. um are you able to say, thank you so much. I hope you guys had an amazing time. I'll see you next time. Thank you. So that you have, you inject some sort of kindness in the very few possible words that you could say to him so that at least you're still throwing some positive energy at him in yeah. front of the kids so that they could say, be like, no, mom wasn't rude to you. Like, what do you mean? Mom said, thank you. And she said, she hoped that we had fun and are you able to do that
1: yeah and it has i mean now we don't have any contact whatsoever because okay. if he decides that he wants to bring something up he would just bring it up in front of the children and i feel like a lot of times it's not appropriate um, and they're bigger now so we he yeah. and i don't need that sort of communication um but when they were littler yeah definitely i you know i as much as like I've said before he wasn't a a good husband he's he's the best dad that he can be to his children
0: yeah he loves them and he
1: cares about them you know yeah so so, yeah it's that that's never been a question for me um so yeah if he was picking them up dropping any interaction that always you know just be cheerful and just be generally I don't want my children to feel like as soon as we're around each other, there's some sort of animosity. I didn't ever want that for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll try, but then we might be like that and be okay. But because he has some of the issues and things that he'd want to bring up, he'd just bring them up in front of them. And it was like, I'm not I'm not gonna have this conversation now. And it's then when I'd shut down and be like, I'm not gonna respond in this moment that um that's when they were saying, You never answer my dad, you never talk, you never you know, he asks you a question and you don't answer him, but the question might be, were you out partying again last week?
0: Ah, yes. Indeed. You know, so it's like,
1: well, yes, I'm not going to answer that question because it's nothing to do with you, you know? So, right, um, right, right, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, always an opportunity to try and be kind and try and present the best environment possible for my children. And because it was such, we only have such short interactions. We tried mm-hmm. the thing where we, Spent Christmases together and tried to continue to have, you know, like birthdays and stuff. And it just did not work for us at all. It was just mm-hmm. a problem. And it was carrying on a negative environment for the children, which we had to say, you know, this isn't going to work for us. We're not going to be able to be the sort of ex-partners who spend time together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that environment as friends. So we haven't. Um, but yeah, for the benefit of my children. And for them to see a good example, I will always try my best to, you know,
0: exactly, you
1: know, treat their dad as best I can.
0: Especially if, um, if there are children, for the most part, there are children involved. It's so Mm. important to invest in that so that the children can benefit. Mm. But also, I think it's a good investment in good karma for yourself when you're kind to people, Mm. and especially in light of the fact that the world is. So, um, so f- I mean, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm generalizing, but I know that in most societies and in most cultures, mm. except for a few, women are in the position of power when it comes to the divorce, mm-hmm. uh, like the divorce industry and the divorce realm. And oftentimes it's really difficult to not want to take advantage of that Mm-hmm. and leverage it for your benefit. But I tell you, it goes a long way and it's an investment that will yield so much if you practice kindness, um, much like forgiveness. You don't have to forgive for the other person. You forgive because for it yourself. sets you free. percent. kindness just is something that will pay you back.
1: Yeah,
0: through and through. So, yeah. Kaifa, thank you so much for everything you've shared, your experiences, how you felt, your perspective. Really welcome. I love. I mean, I love because we're so aligned in how we view things. Yeah. Um. So I appreciate that greatly, and uh, I look forward to next week. We are going to be discussing. I mentioned earlier the how women uh, operate in their masculine and. Mm. I I know that I've noticed that in my self-awareness uh, and we want to discuss basically how to cope with having to play both roles, especially those single parents out there. Yeah. Um, and we can touch a little bit on the fact that men too have to operate from a very feminine perspective if they are the ones who are uh, taking care of their kids, if yeah. they have, if they have um, custody of their children, so the children live with them. Uh, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think the biggest demographic is women and do we have to operate in the masculine to be able to mm-hmm. to survive in this world, to be able to um, teach our children, have a life, uh, a fulfilling life, optimal life, things of that nature. And I look forward to that conversation. Very, It's oh. going to be very enriching.
1: Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. And it's been great, this conversation today and just your insights and your sharing as well. So I'm so I glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, so. you.
0: Yes, I appreciate your perspective because it teaches me. And I'm sure that the audience feels the same. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.